Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, November the 3rd, and the best friend of a dad-to-be who died in a crash along with three other men near Headcorn has paid tribute as his funeral takes place. Jacko Cosgrove died when the vehicle he was in hit a tree on Lenham Road last month. Mourners have gathered for a service at Holy Family Church in the Parkwood area of Maidstone. Among them was Patrick Cash. No word can describe it, really. It's just, it's worst thing I've ever seen. I've been through my entire life. Maybe just for those obviously who know Jack, how, how would you describe being? Just tell us how... Just a jolly, nice, getting on person. Hyperactive, hyper, nice, funny. He never stopped laughing and joking. He was always laughing, he was always making jokes. He was always, he was that type of person. That was a shackle. Realistically, the first time it ever sinked in for me was yesterday when I seen the casket. Don't leave me. And um, the first time yesterday is when I proper seen the casket and I pulled into the yard and I seen him go to the church and stuff and I lifted him on my shoulder. That's when it kicked into me properly and it was really really bad. Like before then, obviously I knew he was dead, but I didn't actually believe him until I seen him yesterday. I can't actually describe the pain. It's one of the worst things you've ever known that you're never going to speak to him again or get a phone call or see him. It's the worst thing I've ever been through ever. Well, most of the memories are pretty rude, so I'm going to say most of the memories. Um, I was the first one ever to get Jacko to drink properly. He used to drink, but not properly drunk. I was the first one to get him properly and, like, really drunk. And I miss him like I'd miss a brother of my own. And I miss him more than you could ever imagine, ever. So, yeah. But nothing anyone can say or do now. It's done, isn't it? So, unfortunately. Patrick was speaking to Tom from our colleagues at KMTV. 18-year-old Jacko, who was a member of Tenterden Amateur Boxing Club, had been travelling to watch a Tyson Fury fight when the crash happened. Johnny Cash and his son John Boy and Miles Smiley Cash were also killed. Their funeral services have been held recently. A 15-year-old boy remains in hospital. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and police are trying to trace a man who's thought to have been seriously injured following a fight in Gillingham. One man was taken to hospital after it happened in Johnson Avenue on Sunday, but another hasn't come forward and officers are concerned for his welfare. There's since been an arrest on suspicion of attempted murder. Three other people have also been questioned on suspicion of assisting an offender. A security guard who'd been sacked by a school in Canterbury went back and stole iPads that were meant for students. A court said James Matthews got into the IT department at Simon Langton Grammar but was caught on CCTV. The 32-year-old from New Dover Road in the city is due to be sentenced next month. It's emerged a man died after coming off his e-bike when it hit a pothole on a road in Ashford. 22-year-old Algert Leshy suffered head injuries when it happened in Beaver Road in June and passed away in hospital three days later. An inquest has been told it's possible he didn't see the pothole, but it's likely it contributed to the accident. Elsewhere, a cyclist has been taken to hospital following a crash near Tunbridge. It happened on the A2 Maidstone Road near Five Oak Green yesterday afternoon. Police are trying to trace the driver of a small tan or gold sports car. An asylum charity is calling for safe routes to the UK for refugees to be put in place before the harsh winter weather sets in. Figures today show more than 20,000 people have made the dangerous journey in small boats across the Channel so far this year. That's more than double the number during the whole of 2020. Well, I've been getting reaction from Bridget Chapman, who's from the Kent Refugee Action Network. 20,000 people making that dangerous journey is is 20,000 people too many. But in terms of the actual numbers, 
year on year, the numbers of people seeking asylum are down. So I think we shouldn't get too fixated on the 20,000 figure. It's actually a relatively small number of people in terms of the UK population. But what we need to focus on is how we can offer people better options than making this dangerous journey across the channel. All the headlines are going to be this 20,000 number, though, which is obviously double what it was last year. Why, why is that? Why are people trying to get to the UK via that route in particular? Sure. I mean, as I say, I do, I do want to keep coming back to this. Numbers um, in, in boat crossings have gone up, but the numbers of crossings in total are, are down year on year. People are coming by boat because they haven't got any other options. We've spent a lot of money as a country fortifying the port at Calais making it a lot more difficult for people to gain access by coming along um, stowed away in a lorry. And people now feel that this is their only option to gain access to seek asylum in the UK. And, and they are legally entitled to do that. When people do just see those headline figures, though, and then hear from the Home Office that we're making this route unviable, I mean, the two just don't seem to go together at all, do they? I mean, the route clearly hasn't become unviable. I think what the Home Office do a lot of the time is they, they make statements about making it unviable. And it sounds great. And, it, you know, they, they talk about building floating walls and having wave machines and putting people on Ascension Island. And it sounds really tough, doesn't it? But none of these things actually happen. And in fact, the amount of coastline you have to patrol is significant. You're not going to be able to stop people making this journey. What will happen is that people will start making the journey from places like Holland or Belgium and making a longer journey, which is even more dangerous, and will have more deaths. So we would say, and, and not just Kent Refugee Action Network, but across the refugee and migrant sector, charities are calling for something like a humanitarian visa. This is something that exists already. We had a, a gymnast during the Olympics who um, defected from her country and was offered a humanitarian visa. And she was then able to travel safely to the country. I think it was Poland that offered her that visa and, and fulfill her asylum claim there. You know, we could be giving people ferry tickets so they could make this journey safely. Obviously, there's the issue of the gangs who are profiting from this. What needs to be done to, to tackle that side of it? Absolutely. And I think the one thing that Pretty Patel and I can agree on 100% is that we need to stop the trafficking gangs. And the way to do that is to give people a different option, because if people had a safe option to come here, nobody would use a trafficking gang. So overnight, you would destroy the business. There's a difference between what the Home Office say they want, which is to stop trafficking gangs and their actual actions on the ground, which seem to do nothing except bolster the trafficking gangs. So we need a we need a really grown up conversation about this. Kent Online reports. Now, as COP26 continues, the Kent Online podcast has been told how 300 tonnes of litter are removed from the River Thames every year. The stretch of water is home to over 125 species of fish and attracts hundreds of thousands of birds over the winter. But waste remains a huge problem. Emily McLean is from the Port of London Authority, who are tasked with clearing it up. The Port of London Authority operate a network of litter collectors um, up in central London and we also operate a uh, driftwood service that removes large objects out of the river such as bikes and trolleys and recently uh, we removed just over a dozen trolleys um, from Gravesend Promenade 
and um, in total our services we remove up to 300 tonnes of litter from the river each year which is about the equivalent of filling Blackwall Tunnel. They're encouraging all of us to dispose of waste sensibly and you can read more about the people in Kent who are doing their bit to tackle climate change in our special report at kentonline.co.uk. Meantime, more wild meadows could be left to grow in Ashford as part of a bid to boost biodiversity in the town. It's after a six-month pilot scheme in areas of Queen Mother's Park. Some have criticised the decision, saying the grass should be kept tidy, but the council say they've had positive feedback. Aldi's announced it's going to open 15 new stores before the end of the year, including one in Orpington. It's part of their commitment to invest £1.3 billion by 2023. Each new store will create an average of 30 jobs. It's even more expensive to fill up your car as the price of petrol hits another all-time high. It rose 7.5 pence in October, finishing the month at more than £1.44 per litre. Both petrol and diesel are now 30p a litre more expensive than a year ago, adding an average of £16.50 to a fill-up. A search is underway for a new headteacher at one of Kent's biggest secondary schools. Oasis Academy on Sheppey is looking for a principal to replace Tina Lee, who stepped down in the summer. Bosses have admitted it could take several months to fill the £118,000-a-year position. Kent Online reports. Next today, and a deal man who struggled to have a baby with his partner has revealed how couples often feel isolated and forgotten about. Toby Trice had been trying to conceive for four years with two rounds of IVF also failing. He's been speaking to Jamie during National Fertility Week as it's highlighted many couples trying for a baby still face a postcode lottery as to whether they can get IVF on the NHS. The most difficult part um, of, of the journey of our fertility journey essentially was, was just the isolation that we felt. Um, we felt like we're the, we were the only ones going through it. Um, we felt like we had no one really to turn to, no one really to relate to other than a very close friend that unfortunately was going through a similar thing. Um, and, and I guess that was the most difficult thing really because around us, you know, we're at the age of, of our friends and family having children of their own. Um, and, you know, we're surrounded by lovely children of, you know, that, and that was great, but, you know, we were stuck and we didn't have, have our own um, joy. And, and I think that really is the, the hardest thing of, of any fertility journey is just that isolating feeling. Some people around the country get absolutely zero help with fertility treatment um, and some couples are fortunate enough to have three rounds of, of IVF. Um, we fell kind of in the middle and had two rounds of IVF and of course we're very, very grateful for that. Um, but because of this postcode lottery, it it's just makes things, you know, not equal um, no matter where you live. And, you know, I, I support guys that live, you know, just just a few miles away from the next postcode where where they currently are they might get one round but actually just a few miles away they might get a full three rounds and you know if we can if we can do something to change that then i think that would be really great just finally from me do you have any advice for people who were you know maybe starting out on their fertility journey having gone through it yourself yeah the advice i would i would say really um for anyone you know starting out or currently through their their sort of fertility journey um get tested early both male and female um i wasn't really tested that much in the beginning and it wasn't until later on we discovered that I actually had an issue after doing some additional testing um so get yourself tested is is really really important but also seek support um because those around you um that can help support you is is really really important for your mental health and and thus that's very good um to kind of keep positive and kind of keep looking forward with what what your next steps are facility network uk have been a huge help to me 
Um, I actually run a support group for, for men online with Rod Gilbert. Um, and I do a campaign to race for facility awareness around the country as a racing driver. So um, we've got lots of channels and lots of things out there to help support couples. And, you know, the support really, really is invaluable. After undergoing tests and a medical procedure, we're pleased to tell you that Toby is now expecting a baby boy with his partner in around six weeks' time. The best toys available to buy this Christmas have been revealed. According to the Toy Retailers Association, the dream toys include a Paw Patrol transforming vehicle and a Barbie rainbow magic mermaid. You can check out the full list at Kent Online. Little Mix have been on our sister radio station KMFM Breakfast ahead of the release of their new album between us is out on friday and celebrates their 10th anniversary so have they got each other any gifts to mark the milestone no we never get each other gifts we're really bad really what even at like christmas we're, we're really bad every now and again jade will go out and about and she'll see something that we'll like she's really thoughtful like that she'll buy like little silly things like our favorite chocolate or advent Aww. calendars like really sweet presents but we never actually buy each other gifts do we there's like no. this moment of realisation going on right now that there's been like a lack of gifts yeah. for, for a decade. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's talk about babies, Perry and Leanne and, and, and RTJ. They're, they're here, they're well and they're, they're healthy and everything's cool. Oh, yeah. Yes. Amazing, yes. it's great news. The one thing I find is all of our friends that have babies have got huge amounts of advice for us like, all of the time. Yeah. Advice. But um, what was the one piece of advice people forgot to mention? All of it. <laughs> Just all of it. <laughs> Nobody prepares you for having a child. Really? Nobody. Like, what? like, I don't think you can, I think you can prepare for a baby. Like, I think you can read boots, take on advice and stuff, but you don't know what it's like till they're here. And you just win yeah. it. I feel. Mm-hmm. The album features 22 tracks, including collabs with Anne-Marie, Sean Paul and Stormzy. You can listen again if you didn't hear the chat in full this morning by heading to kmfm.co.uk. And a woman's found a little bit of nostalgia under the floorboards of her mum's home in Gillingham while decorating. Gillian Mardle discovered pages of an old Medway newspaper featuring pictures of happy couples on their wedding day way back in 1973. She told us what happened next. And so I, I put the picture up on the ME postcode Facebook group um, thinking that someone might recognise some people in there and um, the amount of people that said oh that's really nice what a good find and all that but then people started saying oh I recognise that person and um, you know I used to be their neighbour and then there was a few aunts and uncles and then there was a guy who said um, hold on isn't that your dad on there and then it was oh excellent you know lovely pictures and uh, such a handsome guy you can see those wedding snaps and see if you recognize anyone at kent online well that's all from us for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and you can also get access now to the ad free kent online premium site you can do it by subscribing just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe news you can trust this is the kent online podcast 